this interview was edited because it was over three hours long. But please enjoy. Okay, we have another episode. Uh, today we have Tanya. Tanya, can you please introduce yourself? Tagahi. Dakataino. Hello, I'm Taino. My name is Tanya. Rodriguez, um, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Ricardo. Thank you. And uh, so, you know, during, you know, our, our activism or, you know, our, you know, bringing awareness to issues, you know, I always run into people and I ran into you because you have a, a Facebook group. Is that a group, right? And it's yeah. called the Global Decolonization Initiative. Yes. Can you talk about what that is and why did you start it? Ooh. <laughs> well, in um, uh, 2017, 2018, um, I was a part of a group called Decolonizing uh, Bhakti Yoga. And one of the things that I was finding in the group was that I was hitting a ceiling when it came to decolonization and I wanted to have a more broader uh, sense of opening up the conversation of decolonization. And at that time I was confusing decolonization with social justice because of all of the different things that were happening um, in the world and in the States. And so um, when decolonizing Bhakti Yoga uh, was archived. Um, I, I was pulled into a group chat with all of the active members and I said, Hey, I want to start this group. And so Tish Sharma said, um, why don't you call it global decolonization initiative? And, and I, I, I started it that day and that was in September, 2018. And then for about, um, September 2018 till about um, the end of, of 2019, we were totally blurring the lines of decolonization and social justice and racism and empire and all of the things. And I feel bad because we, we started a narrative um, that was really, really toxic. And so when I realized just how, can I curse on here? Yes. Can I curse? You can. can. (laughs) When I realized just how fucked up that was (laughs) after reading Tuck and Yang's decolonization isn't a metaphor like three times, I said, what are we doing? And I completely um, shifted the group and said, no, we're not going to do this anymore. And we completely dropped social justice um, out of the group and only feature social justice posts on Friday now and offer a space where decolonization is uh, defined as per uh, the UN and uh, actual indigenous-led efforts of decolonization on a global scale. So that's that's, that's kind of a little bit about the group. And, uh, you know, along the way, I realized that there was no distinction between decolonization um, individually and decolonization systemically. 
and that when people use decolonization at an individual level, it actually threatens the decolonial efforts of indigenous peoples globally. And so I created the word uncolonized so that can, um, that it defines individual uncolonization. Um, we don't de-learn things, we unlearn things, right? And so we wanna unlearn colonialism and the indoctrination of colonialism um, in our minds and in our bodies and in our energies and uh, in our, you know, with each other. And so uh, systems are for uh, decolonizing and um, individually we can uncolonize. So we're, we're, we're working with that journey right now. And um, it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty powerful one because it's giving people back their agency um, while protecting indigenous people's uh, decolonial efforts globally. Thank you. And, you know, I think, um, I think, I think maybe, you know, when, okay, so let me see. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to word a question, but then I, I had to, you know, scratch the whole question from my head. So during this journey, when you found out, you know, that, um, there's actually a term for this in decolonization, it's not a metaphor, it's colonial equivocation, right? Calling everything colonized and, you know, um, but we'll talk about that soon. But what are some things, some of the things you learned and some frustrations along the way? Because, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure when you told people, hey, man, we're doing something fucked up here, you got backlash, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Be um one of the things that happens when uh, people first hear the word decolonized, it's like stars light up in their eyes. They're like, right, <gasps> colonize, decolonize. And everybody gets so excited and they want to automatically decolonize without really knowing what it, what it really is, which is something that when we started the group, none of us really knew the scope of what decolonization actually entails. And that's a government, um, a, a colonial government being removed from a, a, a country um, that returns back to indigenous-led um, a, a political system. And so that's what decolonization actually is. If I can jump in real quick, but that's also like romanticizing Correct. the past, Correct. you know? And not really looking towards the future. It's very, it's really like shallow way of decolonization. And it's you know we'll, you know we'll get into this more. It's very like um, I'm gonna please myself. It's like self gratification mm -hmm. of decolonization without actually looking at the bigger picture. You know, like politically, and um, yeah. So keep going. Sorry for interrupting. No, you're right. Um... One of the things that people like to decolonize, uh, you know, there's a, a, a guy who wrote a, a book called Decolonizing Wealth. I mean, decolonize, how do you decolonize, how do you decolonize a capital, capitalist system when a capitalist system is inherently colonial? Yeah. And it's this, like, it's, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, how, how does that work? I mean. You know, if we want to go back into the past, um, you know, like my dad said, he was like, we can't go back to the past in, in the ways that things were, you know, the, you know, our ancestors, they wore, 
they were they wore things and if somebody came and visited them from another village and say hey man i like that i I want that what do you want to trade for it and then they make the trade and then that's that now if somebody says hey i like that you know let's trade for it, it that trade is with money it's not with item and so it, it, we cannot go back to a barter system when the barter system doesn't, it doesn't exist. I mean, sure, people go, oh, well, Burning Man, barter system, this and that, but not in a capitalist society as we are now. Um, and so... Well, the system is made for, like, you know, money to be traded and you can't really barter with, hey, I, you know, I want to give you you know, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I want to give you like, you know, a goat for this electric bill. You know what I'm saying? Right. You can't do that. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and it sucks because like in Mexico is, you know, when you go to Mexico, people do that. They, they do barter with each other, you yeah. know, but like in the capitalist system itself, you need to find a way to make that goat profitable. And it's, it's so much nonsense. Yeah, keep going. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. My brain's free. It's like, first off, People listening, it's like eight in the morning here. So, <laughs> excuse well, me. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things that um, you know that also uh, frustrates me is the commodification of decolonization for personal gain. Um, people see decolonization as a a, a way to make money. It's a new buzzword, and so you know, conflating decolonization with social justice. And so, you know, there's so many different levels of how decolonization has been commodified and and abused and, and torn up and all based in repackaged colonialism of domination and entitlement. I can use decolonization because I have the right to use decolonization and F everyone else because it's my right to decolonize. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's not. And how is it that your entitlement and your domination is somehow more important than protecting the sovereignty and right of indigenous peoples globally to decolonize their land from colonial governments? Mm-hmm. And and so somehow that gets lost in translation and it's just, you know, repackaged colonialism. Anybody that decides that they can decolonize one day is, is, you know, should be received with the same suspect as a new age, um, a, you know, a new age guru. Decolonization is not a metaphor. It's a good article. It's free online. You can Google it. When I read this, when it came out, I was like, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because it's, it's not like a how to decolonize. It's how sellers are fucking up you know what i'm saying right. mm-hmm. and it's like the dave Chappelle get like white people's fucking up they've always been always been fucking up you know and it's just like it's like that it's like they it's a constant and this is this the things on the article they've been doing since you know they they've, they've came here to colonize this is nothing like new right this is right. Historical. The article was written in 2012 yeah so mm-hmm. you know when uh no, I'm talking about like, you know, sellers been, you know, taking our identities mm. for hundreds of years. You know, this right. is not a new thing. Right. Um, and I think, you know, you read this article 
and it's really uh it's a really good start to like what not to do right it's very basic i think all everybody should read it so one of the terms okay so first off it breaks down a little bit um of colonization and seller colonization mm -hmm. if you're listening to this podcast if you don't know the difference between colors colonization and seller colonization then you need to <laughs> do more homework <laughs> you know um there is uh, i don't want to touch these subjects where people should know uh so the seller moved to innocence i think is one of the terms on in this article and mm -hmm. you know in, in in page 10 it says there are white sellers and brown sellers and peoples in both groups make a move to innocence that attempt to deny deflect their own complicity in seller colonization right you want to talk about that in your points of view so settler moves to innocence is uh, a behavior Mm -hmm. and an unconscious bias, right? It's an implicit bias that people use to um, uh, deflect responsibility, right? Of protecting indigenous people's sovereignty, land and rights, everything um, in favor of the, the Entitlement led uh, um, claim to land and identity through the uh, through the loss of identity as per colonialism, and so how that behavior shows up, the whole you know I'm going to take your culture and save your culture because I was chosen to save your culture from yourself. Dad, that. That's um, that is brought up in the in the article too, and that's called a seller adopts and fantasies. And can I read page fourteen? Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, on page fourteen, <clears throat> two two pages, fourteen and seventeen. On fourteen, it says, "Become without becoming." These fantasies can mean the adoption of indigenous practices and knowledges, but more refer to those narratives in a settler settler colonial imagination in which the native understanding he's becoming extinct, hands over his land, his claim to the land, and his very Indianness for the seller for safekeeping. And there's a, you know, in, in Hollywood, there's a lot of that. And it, they kind of bring up these examples in the article, like Last of the Mohicans, you know, Last Samurai, mm -hmm. Avatar, the dude became an alien, you know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. uh, in page 17, you know, in this move to innocence, decolonization is stillborn rendered irrelevant because decolonization is already completed by the indigenized consciousness of the seller. Now we're all Indian and decolonization <laughs> is no longer an issue. Our only recourse is to move forward, however, regretfully with our seller future, right? And we'll talk about that, seller adoption fantasies, because, you know, there is a new phenomenon happening now and that I'll talk about in the end. Um, I think, um, also, what you brought up too is colonial equivocation, uh, calling different groups colonized without describing their relationship to seller colonization is equivocation. You know, describing right. all struggles against imperialism as decolonizing creates a convenient ambiguity between decolonization and social justice work. You know, we are all colonized, maybe a true statement, 
but it's deceptively embraceive and vague and in inference. None of us are sellers. That's what you know. Some white people do say. Uh, we we talked about this uh, yesterday on the podcast about American patriotism. How there's some American leftists that say, "I was shocked when I heard it." During, you, you know, I, I showed it during the recording. I was just like, that there are some leftists that say that uh, seller condensation is not a thing or something like that. I, I was just like, what? So, but that's page seventeen. So, in the last couple of years, I remember I've always been political since high school. You know, I've always been mm -hmm. on the left. And I remember first joining Facebook and I will post political stuff here and there. And people say I was too political. And I was like, mm -hmm. and I actually slowed down political stuff on Facebook. And I, um, I noticed that there was like this, you know, emergence of like woke wokeness, you know, um, Around like Bernie, a lot of people say Bernie Sanders. A lot of people say, you know, during this time. So a lot of people became political online. And that's when like all this, like, you know, cancel culture and finding ideologies and reading ideologies. You see some people go from Bernie Sanders to go to like libertarian because they don't know they're, they're new to politics. So they're just like all over the place, sloppy. Right. They don't read theory. They're just they don't read books. These find if they get all their information from the Internet. And, you know, um, there's like uh, so some of these people create like social media pages and some of these pages become real big. And these people have like no education, like no connection to a native community. And they will like. And these pages are like massive they're like a hundred thousand followers and you know that put really bad disinformation on the internet about about indigeneity about sovereignty about all these things and you know uh it's, it's disturbing right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. like when you said like the loudest person in the room that's what these pages are and it's mm -hmm. like and it's like people try to like be accepted by society through these pages it's really sick i think mm. you know they feel like they need to um uh, you know like hey look at me look at what i've become it's like almost like being a, a sports a sports superstar or whatever but like mm. via internet you know, people were like, hey, you know, TikTok has made it worse because now there's like people that nobody gives a shit about. And that now they have like thousands of followers. The TikTok is horrendous. So same thing with Twitter. Um, but, you know, like there's these people that, you know, the Internet is such a new thing. Right. Mm -hmm. That we don't know the psychological impacts of the Internet. Right. To begin with, like if, if there were, if there are studies, they're still very new. You know, we won't know until maybe like decades from now like the real impacts of internet and you know how some people you know and this i know i'm getting off topic a little bit but there's like top of like people being like we even hear about like bullies like how people like you know kids in middle school and high school they bully each other on the internet and they wanted those kids to commit suicide like that's a serious issue mm -hmm. right how mm -hmm. the how at the internet and words on the internet like impact people to end their life like this is should be concerning right mm -hmm. so that now we have this information like, that's just like on an on on individual like local level now we have things like on a massive level where people are 
you know, creating pages, creating personas for, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, like for like, you know, just like podcasts or whatever, like, you know, Twitter accounts or Instagram accounts to, to spread knowledge and understand people want to help. They want to like spread awareness, but it's just like, um, I saw this video where, you know, uh, Joe Rogan took the horse, the warmer, whatever. And he was like, don't listen to me. I'm an idiot, you know, but there's, he still has responsibility to like, he still should be responsible for his words. Right, mm. of what he says and what he promotes, and I think uh, a lot of these people, a lot of people, like they take these personas to create, and they're like, "I can make money from this," which goes back to exploiting, right? I can make money from these personas. Let me make a T-shirt that says decolonization on it, you know, and then everybody buys it, everybody wears it, and then they have like big time Indian artists wear these T-shirts, you know. And, you know, like, oh, I'm indigenous. And, you know, and then they look, look, this person wore my t-shirt. The next, you know, a, a native person uh, wants to, wants to create the next t-shirt that everybody wears. We talk about that. I think it's episode 57 about uh, diet decolonization, right? And, <laughs> and, and, and it's just like, how, how are we going to have liberation via t-shirt slogans? It's fucking right. Stupid. You know, so by, right. by the, but it, it gets even deeper. So now there's people, my, my cat is just meowing like crazy, but you know, I don't know if you can hear him, but it's one of those things that like, now we have these personas on the internet that like create or spread disinformation about native, native people. When one, they don't have connections or two, they're just ignorant. And sometimes it, it's native people themselves. It's native people selves, you know, and I understand we need native indigenous media out there, more of it, but you know, like even me, there has to be a responsibility mm. to what I put out there. And I can't just put nonsense out there, you know? Mm. And I think um, some of these people don't care about that. They only care about followers. They mm. only care about promoting themselves, getting money themselves. Right. And, mm. and I don't know what's your thoughts on that, because this is I think this is the biggest hindrance now um, on uh, on social media. It's, it's like these things are, you know, uh, it's, it's you know, it's hard for us. Right. Um, yeah. Trolls, online trolls. Um and um faux influencers <laughs> online trolls i mean that's a whole episode in and of itself <laughs> man um yeah i think one of the ways to um discern whether a person is um you know that's online that's actually promoting indigenous uh, liberation and uh, from a real place, like from, an in, from, from a place of integrity is when they don't make it about them, you know? It yeah. has nothing to do with them and it has everything to do with the message. You know, there's a, um, you know, in, in the, in the, in the, 
in certain in certain groups, you know, they say uh, bring your uh, bring your mess, you know, to the to your sponsor uh, and bring your message to the meeting because it's not about us as individuals. It's about uh, bringing awareness to people that may not have had access to that awareness before. And so when, when that awareness gets drowned out by a person who's leading from a place of ego so that the message is forced. First, you have to accept me to accept my message instead of, I don't give a fuck if you'd accept me or not. This is, this is the message. This is what's happening. You know, let's, you know, let's take a look at line three, see how we can support the, the, the land defenders and line three, you know, let's take a look at, you know, what's happening over in this area and, and figure out how we can donate and send supplies and money to this area. Let's bring awareness to this country that's fighting its colonial um, government because it's losing all of its elders to COVID, you know, let's look at the the message. Let's look at what's happening in the message, not um, you have to respect me because I'm X, Y, Z. And if you don't, you're anti name your color. And that the, the people who are on, on, and that's where the people who are on an identity journey get lost in the identity do you know and so when when and and that's when people who who are so easily persuaded into uh believing someone's ideology it becomes that guru follower uh that toxic guru follower thing you must accept what i have to say and if you don't you'll be excluded through cancel culture and, um, you know, or, or, or things like that. And one of the ways that our, that our consciousness is being, is, is being sucked dry is because people do not know how to discern or decipher what, between what a troll is and, um, and, and between a, a, an organic poster and between an influencer that, that who, whose only initiative is is to promote themselves and the message comes second which which i think is really detrimental to all of our liberation this, the internet clouds right, right. it's just the, the term clout you know what people want they want to be seen is a problem i i've had people um like tell me you know, they pulled quotes and I know they pulled quotes from my podcast and made vague Twitter posts, vague Instagram posts. And they, and just, there's, there's like hundreds of people like pressing like on that stuff. Right. And, but they never cite me. They never cite the podcast. Right. <laughs> and I, I had other native scholars saying, Hey man, you better watch out for this person. This person took what I told them. And they just posted a bunch of random tweets, Instagram posts, and never cited me. I don't feel comfortable with that, you know? And it's like, I started seeing that. I think it's the same person. I don't want, I don't, don't, it's not name names, but it's that person you warned me about, right? And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, shit, you know, uh, I started seeing it. But it, to me, I, I'm, 
people that are close to me know I hate clout. This is why I don't post um, my face on the podcast because I, it's, I don't want to make it about me. You know what I'm saying? There, there's, it, I, I don't put myself with like laser eyes, none of this weird things, you know what I'm saying? One of the things that, that I heard, um, I heard from what you were sharing was, was in the, in the um, debate between self-determination and self-identification, right? So people confuse self-determination and self-identification because self-determination is uh, in conjunction with a nation, so a nation self-determines, right, that their indigeneity and a person who is uh, of, the, of, of, the, of the nation is a part of that self-determination, but it's up to the nation to determine if that person is of the nation itself. A person cannot just decide to say, I'm X, Y, Z, and, and have a self-identification without having the, uh, the uh, without having a recognition from a nation. And a person um, would have to have uh, uh, roots that are pre-colonial, right? So a person doesn't become indigenous because, you know, from the 1600s on. If a person is indigenous, they can trace their lineage back all the way back, not to an indigenous ancestor in the 1600s. You know, a, there's also a strong connection to ancestral lands. A strong connection to ancestral lands is, you know, have you been to the lands that, you're, that you, you claim your indigeneity is of? Have you? Do you know what grows on that land? Do you know the names of the plants on that land? I think, but I think you know, it goes, what it, what it feels like for your toes to be in that land. You know what political structures are in place that you're supporting in your indigeneity to help your people. And I think this is, you know, historical continuity is also a really important part of of self determination and how to determine whether a person that one is dealing with is legit or not. Yeah, but you know, I, w- I, w- I do want to say- let me, let, me finish, let me finish this real quick. Historical continuity, you know, Comanches never ceded <laughs> land. Comanches never ceded land. That's like one of the, the most badass uh, nations in this country, never ceded land. They didn't, it was taken. And, and so, you know, did, was the, was the territory ceded, you know, as, um, in, in, in the instance in, in, in my, in my indigenous lineage, uh, Spain ceded the island of Puerto Rico in 19, in 1898, illegally. So it was without the people, without the permission of the peoples of the island, that the that the the island was ceded by Spain to the United States. So at no point did anybody on the islands of Borinquene say we cede this land. It was never ceded. The people in the island of Borinquene never ceded the land to anybody. And one of the things that's interesting is that um, 
with the self-determination is the determination to transmit, develop, and preserve for future generations ancestral territory teachings to ensure future existence. If people aren't doing that, and it's all about based in ego and tearing this person down and tearing that person down and tearing that person down, they're not doing anything for future um, existence. They're only doing it for their individual recognition. I agree. That in itself is not, not operating from an indigenous perspective because it's not, that is not an indigenous perspective. That's a colonial perspective. That's indoctrinated colonial belief systems. And and it's operating out of a colonial framework and, 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 and imposing that colonial framework on indigenous people through the let through the, through the through a, a very distorted lens of what indigeneity is all about. And 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 I would be remiss not to mention this because the, the elders that I walk with would kick my ass if I didn't. And um the Boricuas, right? The the people that I am of, Boricuas were the first people to fight for decolonization in 1493. We were the first people to fight for self-determination. Since the get-go, we were the first ones touched by colonialism. And it's like, you know, once we connect with something like that, uh, like indigeneity and recognize, oh man, this is, this is who I am of, then that connection can be really healing and powerful but if led by somebody that's toxic, like the people that we were talking about earlier, who post online the, 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 the bullshit, all of that stuff, if led by somebody that's toxic, then it's going to feed into the traumas that they don't have the training to recognize at all. And I think that this is where things get really delicate, where indigeneity is often um, seen as this, uh, you know, I can I can claim indigeneity. Thus, if I claim indigeneity, then I can decolonize. But it's like, mm, no, <laughs> no, um, no, you can't. If you're not recognized by a tribe, if you're not working with that tribe, if you're not uh, or, or nation, if you're not, um, if you're not. En- enrolled if you're not uh people you know people don't know you within that nation if you if you call up somebody in that nation or somebody that they say that they walk with and then they go you know um you know are, is this person you know do you know this person they go oh no i don't know this person never heard of them like like what you were saying you cannot say i'm i'm going to decolonize when a person is here from through decolonization uh, through colonization it's <laughs> and i think that this is where it gets really confusing with decolonization because the idea it's the colonization that gets uh people forget the d part of decolonization and the d part of decolonization is the brutal and vicious removal of colonial structures and systems and government uh, in favor of indigenous uh, rule. And so if a 
if this place were to truly decolonize, if this country were to truly decolonize, the colonial empire would be thrown out and the indigenous nations who are in existence here would, would be getting together as a confederacy to uh, lead this nation however way um, they see fit, right? But if you're not indigenous to this country, you cannot decolonize. You can, you can uncolonize, which is the flowery, I'm going to help dismantle the systems of oppression. Uh, I'm going to help dismantle the systems of oppression within myself, in my community, in my family. But to decolonize is for indigenous people to do on the lands thereof specifically and only. And that to me is one of the things that needs to be protected about the narrative around decolonization and how it's easily distorted so that anybody can decolonize. When anybody can decolonize, it, it, it impacts the, the decolonial efforts of indigenous peoples globally. And that I feel is, is you know, it's a delicate it's a delicate thing because yes, we have people that are are here that are not here uh, that didn't come here of their own will. Yes, I get that. That to decolonize, to truly decolonize, we gotta give it to the indigenous people, our northern relatives, our northern native relatives, who have been impacted by colonialism from the get-go. And it's it's something that is um, an important distinction to make so that it doesn't uh, continue to be distorted. Yeah, I think when it comes to like, when people are, you know, talking about decolonizing, you know, obviously the eradication of settler states, you know, and we're, now we're talking, I'm talking about Mexico, you know, and I think, um, you know, having native people choose a way to move forward after settler state is gone, a form of government, form of law, you know, and then we can have the conversation, you know, of what do we do with people that are not native or, or people that are claiming to be native when they're, you know, they're assuming like those conversations should happen. But like I said, things are in steps. But if you are creating like social media channels, social media presences to educate people, you know, and demonizing native people, comparing them to police, right? Calling them bad for having thoughts. And these are, you know, you don't even, you can't even have a dialogue with people that think differently than you, that you're not, that you're just a fascist, right? You're a seller, you're a fascist. I'm willing to have anybody come on this podcast and tell me why all Mexicans are indigenous. Tell me why. Tell me. I want to, but I'm also going to give you a rebuttal. So you better take it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, like, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'll be honest. Like, I, I'm, I'm willing to, to do that, but I keep seeing people saying, don't go on there. You're going to get destroyed. And I do agree, you know, but, you know, but please come on, come on here. And you're so confident. Why run? Right? Right? Why run away? You know? It's like that Yoda, like if you're so strong, you know, why are you running, Palpatine? You know, but you know, that's, that's the thing, 
you know, why are these people choosing not to not to have a conversation? We don't, we don't even have to debate. We can just have a conversation. No, no name calling. No, 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 no trash talking. Just like, hey, what about this? What about that? You know, and, well, you, you know, know something came something just came in um, that that gave me something that you just said um, gave me an, uh, brought something up for me that, that I think is an important point to make is that um, you, you ever know anybody that, that uh, like if, if, if somebody gets sick, then they got to get sick too. Yeah. You know like that. Yeah. Right. And so I feel like, I feel like when when I hear these things come up, one of the things that comes up for me is that the um, that when people's oppression becomes uh, uh, something that is a, a way of seeking attention, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like weaponizing oppression to get likes and, 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 and a following and acceptance. Yeah. And acceptance. Right. So, um, you know, I think one of the, the most egregious, uh, uh, oppressions that is left out, right. Is not only were, uh, enslaved Africans enslaved, right. Africans brought over here at the, the 350,000 Africans that were brought over here to this country specifically enslaved. Um, there were uh, a, like, uh, a lot of indigenous people enslaved as well across the board. At one point, there were more indigenous people being shipped out of New Orleans to work the fields in the Caribbean and in Mexico and South America than there were Africans being brought in. And I think that that when, when we start to look at these things and recognize, okay, what do we, how do we look at this without, from not an oppression base standpoint, right? How do we look at this and say, okay, look, we have these systems set up that oppress all of us, right? We, they oppress all of us. But if as long as people are using oppression as a weapon, right, those systems aren't being looked at to be dismantled because everybody's fighting each other, which is how they maintain the division, which is how they maintain the supremacy, right? It's called a race for supremacy, for a reason, right? It's called race for a reason because it's a race to supremacy. Thank you, Rob Thomas, for saying that for me, you know, bringing that in. And so when we're looking at this from a place, from a framework of infighting, of continuing to uh, figure out ways to oppress each other and figure out ways how to, you know, prove this point or prove that point or, you know, uh, say my oppression is worse than your oppression. And, you know, you can't tell me about oppression because I don't know about, you know, you don't know about my oppression and all this weaponization going back and forth. Meanwhile, the system's 
of oppression are being maintained because nobody's looking at them to figure out how to dismantle them. And I think when, if we don't look at that, if we don't look at that and say, how can we put our heads together, not in division, in unity, in collective liberation, and put those oppressions aside and recognize them as saying, hey man, you're oppressed because you've had your whole culture ripped away. You're oppressed because you got taken away from your culture and your culture has been ripped away. You're oppressed because you're continued, continued to be invisibilized and your culture you know, may be somewhat intact, but your sovereignty has been taken away. Let's put our heads together and figure out how we can tear down this colonial system. Because if we're fighting each other, then the colonial system, white supremacy will always win. And I think if we don't do that, if we don't take a step back, you know, the the true leaders of this movement and call that out for what it is and, and call them out for what it is to say, hey, man, stop weaponizing oppression. You know, you, you, you know, you, uh, uh, influencer with 50,000 followers who will, you know, get the torch and, and <laughs> you know, and, and run down the street, torch and pitchfork down the street and, you know, uh, dox this person and dox that person. You know, if we don't point out and we don't begin to say, hey, man, that's anti-Indigenous. Hey, man, that's, you know, that's weaponizing oppression. Hey, man, that's doing this and that. Stop that. Hey, hey you know, all of that stuff. And, and and bring it to a place of what are we going to do together to tear down these systems of oppression? The only thing that those people are doing are maintaining the systems of oppression themselves. And we got to call that out. We got to call it out every moment, every step, every chance we get. Yeah. Because, because if we don't, if we don't, then you know, how are we going to expect anything to change if everybody's just going to lay, you know, you know, roll over on their side and go, all right, you know, whatever, what can I do? You know, because we're not fighting back, you know, we got to fight back. We got to fight back with all of our everything and, 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 and without fear, without being, without fear of being called this, without fear of being called that, we got to fight back because, like you said, it's getting out of control and it's getting out of control because nobody wants to do anything because it's just a fringe group, right? Oh, it's just, but nobody realized just how mainstream it is. And people aren't seeing just how mainstream it is and how much of a concern we see it because we're a part of it and, 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 you know, fighting it and uh, bringing awareness to it. But there's a lot of people that are like, ah, well, if we don't say anything, you know, they'll just tire themselves out and, you know, they'll they'll get people get tired of or people will see through it. And, they, you know, so they don't they don't fight back. They don't say anything. And I'm like, we need the elders to stand up and be like, hey, enough. Enough. And 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 create a narrative that's bulletproof. So that people that are doing that damage to all of our communities uh, don't have any, they, they, there's, there's nowhere to go. They can't do it anymore because people will just look at it and go, dang, all right. Yeah, so I you agree. Know? I think I think the only uh, advice I would 
offer is for people native, you know, not especially non-natives, these people that want to quote unquote decolonize their mind, whatever that nonsense. First off, they need to get past this whole decolonize their mind shit and talk, you know, think about what decolonization really is. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not it's not some weird individual thing. It's a collective, you know, community whole, you know, as you know, uprooting the, the seller. Uh, project, I think, you know, that goes to listening to Native people that that are, you know, the thinkers, there are the academic scholars, and I think we need to promote them, because the moment, you know, you, you know, anybody that says, hey, I want to decolonize, but I'm not going to like Kim Bear because he disagrees with me. I'm not going to like, you know, Vine Delores Jr. because he kinda, he, he, he's a gatekeeper. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to like, you know, I'm going to ignore this person. To me, it's, that's all nonsense. All you're doing is, is, is finding reasons why to ignore people that challenge your narrative. And that's not scholarly or academic. You know, like I said, that's fascism. You know, and I, you know, coming from a colonial perspective, that's, that's, you know, it's in fact, conversation is fascism in the, in the first place. But, you know, I, and I think we, you know, I understand people are lost or mm-hmm. people don't know the family history or it's cut off. But you know what? There's communities that are alive, that have languages alive, cultures alive today, and we should take care of them first. Right. And make sure that they're not being, you know, like put second place, uh, you know, to somebody that just thinks maybe they're Native American, that, you know, contacted a tribe and thinks they're Native American because this community in Mexico, all that, you know, and it starts talking shit about shit about and to Native people on the Internet. To me, it's like, why would you do that? You know, why wouldn't you have a conversation why does everything have to be a destroy moment, destroy natives? You know how you know how weird that looks. That you, the P, these people are are like proud that they're like tearing natives down, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and the same people. You know, like I said they say not only they tear natives down, they say anti-black things, or they will say things like, uh, oh, "I have black in me because." Um, because it showed up in my DNA test. Can you imagine going, taking your DNA test, going to a black organization, saying, "Hey, I'm black too." It says on my DNA test. What the fuck? Like <laughs> you're gonna be laughed at. You know, when people are brought face to face, like a lot of these people online, they don't act the same as they do online, mm. right? A lot of them, for some reason, people act more aggressive online than they do in person. I've met people that they say they're gonna like kick my teeth in or they're going to beat me up with other people and when i saw them they were like hey how you doing and i was like i thought you're gonna kick my teeth in i expect you to kick my teeth in if you tell me uh, if you say online i, I expect it 100 bring I, you know you better be prepared for me to defend myself but if you if you you know like you know like why will you say that online if you're not if you're gonna act a different way in person right like is are you are you it's like you're projecting some kind of like toxic mentality you have in your brain. I think, and that's, that's not what I do. I'm not here to like, you know, say, Hey, I'm going to kick your ass. That's stupid. I'd rather have a conversation with you. I, and if you're local, I'd rather have a meal with you, have these conversations and figure out why you think the way you do. Maybe you found, maybe all your, maybe, maybe most of your, your, 
the sources that people gave you were you know mis incorrect or you were misled. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's that's understandable. I can understand that. I can say, hey, maybe we should read this book. Maybe we should read that book. Maybe you could understand. You know what I'm saying? You know, the what what the internet does, what the internet does is it feeds into the, you know, because when we when the when the word colonialism, you know, is is presented, what's at the end of colonialism? Ism, right? And so there's a lot of isms from colonialism, right? And dehumanization is an ism of colonialism. And when people are online, it's easy to dehumanize because there is no interaction, right? And all of us were indoctrinated into a dehumanizing culture all of us were indoctrinated into that, right? From, from being bullied in school to being bullied at home to, uh, you know, now being bullied online, right? And it's all based in dehumanization. Dehumanization can go back all the way into the 1400s when you look at the, um, at the papal bull, the Dumb Diversas, that was written in 1459, that says that anybody that's not Christian is to be perpetually enslaved, which was used as the foundation for Manifest Destiny. That papal bull was written in 1459. It wasn't written in the 1500s. It was written in 1459. It wasn't written in the 1600s. It was written in 1459. I do have a comment. So You make, you make a really good point about dehumanizing. Because and yeah, and when we and when we meet each other face to face, we can't do that because we the eyes, you know. Yeah, so I, I do want to say that you know I remember when I when I um you know moved to San Antonio and I tried to work with Chicanos, you know this one got real aggressive, right? And I was just like, what's what's happening here? Like, why is he this aggressive? And it was dehumanizing, right? Like that's it's a seller tactic, and mm-hmm. uh, and then he got his friends to get aggressive towards me. This is when the whole kicking my teeth in, you know, mm-hmm. happy, you know, comment happened, and I, you know, he saw me. He was like, "Hey, how you doing?" My wife was there. She saw that. She was like, "I thought he wanted to kick your teeth in." <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Like I, I don't know why he thought, you know, <clears throat> he was nicer. But the point is, it's like, um, you know, like I, with that, I, mean, I remember the moment I first met him. It was at a at a rally, excuse me, <clears throat> and I um, I told him my goal is I'm not trying to trash Chicanismo. I'm actually trying to make it stronger, right? Mm-hmm. By by sharing ideas together, by by you know, showing you how there's there's some flaws in it, you know, and doing mm-hmm. indigenous perspective and helping helping Chicanismo grow. That's why I have Doctor. Uh, via real on the show because she you know we that's what we're doing you know helping it grow and you know and i told him other stuff about you know colonization and, you know his 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 face his face went blank you can tell he was like yeah and i spoke to his other friend and his face went blank too like people saw it right and i was like these people don't understand what i'm saying so i i hopefully hopefully they meet and they never met up. Instead, since they didn't understand what I was saying, they went on the offensive and were were making up <clears throat> assumptions about me. You know, 
Mm. And I was like, why? You know, so what, what, all these things I talk about, it's not to trash anybody. Like I'm trying to help you understand that maybe some of your actions, some of your, some of your words, some of your uh, ideas you're pushing forward are is actually very hurtful to native communities, not only to native communities, to black community as well. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing is people, it's like this, it's this, this arrogance, this Americanism, this seller idea, you know, it's really easy, that, easy for them to say the same thing. They'll say, oh, that person is colonized. Really? So, so, you know, you're the colonized person that's challenging seller colonization within your ide- ideology, within your words, colonized. It's, it's ironic. It's super ironic. All, everything that I do here is to, stretch my arm out and say hey i want to help you understand that that is not appropriate you know what i'm saying just like it would happen in any community if you were part if these people were part of a native community and if you went to a powwow or gathering and if you did something inappropriate it's part of people in this community to tell you you're acting like a dumbass and they'll tell you especially comanches right so like me telling you, hey man, let me talk to you without calling you out on the internet like 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 a fool. You know what I'm saying? Let me let me talk to you and and tell you why you're in the wrong path, why your thing is becoming dangerous, right? And if if they get aggressive, if they get more aggressive, then you know at that point you're you are promoting seller colonization. It's plain and simple. You can have an indigenous mask all you want, but that's what it is—a mask. It's not indigeneity, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you're, you, all you're doing is is hiding it behind behind a mask, indigenous mask. That's all you're doing, you know. Mm-hmm. So this is what this this podcast is about: is people, it's several reasons. One, people uh, ex, uh, uh, exploiting the term decolonization. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And two is is. It's, it's the, their behaviors and the internet and, and how it, it people take, you know, clout and want to be accepted and want to be a leader, want to be a savior, and it becomes toxic, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's <clears throat> one of the things that we wanted to do with the group, you know, was to um, have a specific definition of decolonization. <clears throat> as it relates to uh, the decolonial efforts of indigenous people globally, because decolonization had started to become used like the word shaman, you know, anybody can be a shaman. You know, if, if there's a person that's just a, a, a tiny bit mystical or, you know, anything like that, I hate that word, suddenly become a shaman. Right. And so it's like decolonization became this word that anybody can decolonize. And, you know, the, the, our group, what it does is to help bring that distinction and definition of what decolonization is. Because if we don't have a voice out there that speaks to what decolonization is, there's going to be a lot of voices that speak to what decolonization is not. Yeah. And so we want to bring in that balance so that people can say, oh, well, there's this, there's this group here that has a, a definition of what decolonization is. 
um, as per the UN, as, you know, by indigenous decolonial efforts globally, right? Because there's people that are indigenous globally outside of an Americentric perspective. And what are, what are those indigenous cultures doing to overthrow the colonial government and what that looks like, you know? And, um, and to celebrate it and to learn from it and to, um, and to witness it because not all decolonization uh, is, is overthrowing of governments uh, are, are violent. The Bahamas just did it. The Bahamas just said, hey, you know, we're completely denouncing any of the queen's rule. I think they did that last year or this year. And they kicked the they kicked the, the rule, the, the British rule out completely, completely. But there there was no violence, there was no loss of life. It was just we denounced this, we're completely independent, see you later bye. There's gonna be a loss of life in the US though. <laughs> there has to that's right. the, with the most realistic violence. Yeah. Yeah. In the US to you know, to truly decolonize in this country is I don't think that is something that people really realize the gravity of. Yeah. Because um to something to to be decolonial to de- for this country to decolonize to overthrow the colonial government in this country, it would be a, 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 would launch us into a global world war of epic proportions that, that would change the scope of our humanity beyond recognition. I mean, I, that's just the absolute truth. So we can dance around the flowery aspect of decolonization because when you want to get real with decolonization, it's terrifying to do in this country. Look at what it, Bolivia did. It's, it's work. It's work. You know, we have to go to work. I know. But yeah, that's, you know, I do want to, you know, kind of start to end this podcast because we've been going on for a while. But <laughs> I, I think, you know. You talk all day. Yeah. I think <laughs> we, we just need to, like, be mindful of our actions on the Internet. Don't. Or, you know, monetize like our identity. Don't monetize our politics. Don't monetize our you know our, our, our decolonization. It's weird. You're not gonna de- we're not gonna decolonize through our fucking t-shirts. You know, mm-hmm. read native scholars. <laughs> read yeah, read native scholars. You know, uh, have conversations. You know, don't only have conversations with people that only agree with you. Have mm-hmm. con- have people challenge you, and not and don't run away from these conversations. Don't run away. You know, and, you know, accept that you don't know. That's the thing about, you know, Americanisms and army people. They say they don't, they, they, they can't accept to say they don't know. A lot of people can't, can't accept to, they, to say they don't know. And they can also can't accept to apologize. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's a big issue. Those are toxic traits. If you can't accept, you know, these things you need to accept as a human being or else you're just a jerk. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I've apologized to people for being wrong or, you know, I, I'm willing to apologize if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm willing, I'm willing to, to openly say hey, I was wrong about this. And I've said this too on which, which, oh, I said this during even the Pan Africanist, uh, uh, Pan Africanist, Pan Africanism episode was I admitted that I had a wrong view of decolonization in the past. Right. 
even to me, you know, and I, you know, I had people say, Hey man, what about, what about black people? You know what I'm saying? And I, back then I, I, I didn't take that into consideration. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I, it was, and I had a very narrow view and not understanding what black liberation was. And I, I was corrected, you know? So I think people need to, you know, read theory on top of all this. Right. They can't just be like, I love capitalism. Oh, you know, like and promote capitalism and, and then claim indigeneity. That also stupid. It doesn't matter if you're native or non-native. If you're promoting capitalism, you can go to hell, you know, but <laughs> that's that's my thing. You know, and I, I think it's hard, man. All this is hard. And, you know, if you come to the podcast talking nonsense, I'm going to block you. If you <laughs> if you want to have conversations, debates, just contact me, message the podcast and I will be okay. I'll schedule time. We can set up talking points, the end, right? And, you know, but if you're going to sit there and like talk about my blood quantum, like how, how, where I was raised and me claiming Chicano or me taking a DNA test, all this, making like this, writing a biography about me that is like not true. Next thing you know, like I was like raised by Bigfoot or something. I don't know. You know, like it's just you know nonsense that I read about. He's like, I, I I read a lot of nonsense, and it's like I'm I'm getting like weirded out. But like you know, people you know these people are like either obsessed about me or you know. I I really appreciate uh, you having me in your podcast. It's it's a great honor to um, to share you know the things that I've learned and. I know that some of them are hard to digest for a lot of people. And um, there are things that I've experienced in my life. And um, all I, all I ask is to keep an open mind uh, and don't form an opinion about me until you experience it yourself. And it's not a, a if it's a when. And, um, and when you, when you see it, you can't unsee it. And there is a grief process, uh, that happens around it. And it takes a second to, uh, undo the brainwashing of, of wanting to help and, 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 and taking a step back and, and going, well, what do I need to do to, um, protect and um and and not only protect but to uh correct false narratives so that no one is harmed by them and and it it takes a second and it's one of the most difficult parts of this journey in um in activism and advocacy and a lot of people will um, take things uh, and away based on their own interpretation until they see it, and then they go, "Oh, oh, now I know what she's talking about." And, um, and when that happens, you know, take good care of yourself and uh, don't get mad. Just uh, bring awareness and and enact positive change. You know, I thank you for coming on. And I think just uh, people need to be mindful, right? Mm -hmm. Native people are 
dealing with a lot and they don't need to uh, deal with other people's nonsense. Um, <laughs> thank you for coming on. I would recommend everybody to go on Facebook and check out Global Decolonization Initiative and just read the post, read the um, learn, you know, interact and don't be a jerk. <laughs> be kind to each other. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like that, that Bill and Ted be kind to each other and party on whatever. I don't know. <laughs> oh <my God>. yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.